Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 15 of Hardly Committed. TJ Walker here. Sorry we missed last week. I was sick. Very sick. Sick and tired of watching that Duke-Kentucky game. But then literally had a fever and was out for for uh, a few days and wasn't able to do the radio show and it was middle of the week. Nick, you're busy. You've got stuff to do. You had to go down to Knoxville. I'm I I have things to do as well sometimes. Wait, no. Sometimes. No. So, we missed and we apologize. But we're back now and we'll we'll be back on our Wednesdays for the foreseeable future. Who are you ready for this? Yes. I'm back. No, don't worry about that. For good. I like it. You, you redeemed yourself. Just doesn't really sound like Michael Scott. Yeah, because he does the. It's like a Terminator, but not really a Terminator. So it's kind of tough. It is tough. It is tough. Yeah. But I appreciate where your heart was at. Yeah. And we're going to get back to just going through the Office episodes in chronological order. Although we only have, what, two more of those. And then we'll have to go to the Christmas episodes in, in December. Oh, I can't wait. I know you're pumped about that. If you, if you a, had your druthers, we'd be doing Christmas I'm right now. I'm a big Christmas guy. Benny Haunted Christmas, I think, is my favorite. <laughs> Benny Haunted stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's real, that's a great one. Yeah. I do I do have a soft spot for Dwight's Christmas. Uh Littenspickle? I don't think is that, that's it. Is that, I think that's it. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. I like that one. Jim and Dwight really come We've got, together. We might have Belschnickel. Belschnickel, there we go. We might That's ha- the name of their Santa. Okay. We might have to start like Naughty or Impish. As soon as Thanksgiving's over. Because there's a lot of Christmas episodes. Nice or impish. It's not like the Halloween. I think they they have a Christmas almost every year. All right, well, we'll get to it. Don't worry about it. But be, before we get to the annex, the podcast within the podcast, we are going to talk basketball recruiting, which I know is why the majority of you all are listening, and we appreciate that. If you haven't, please leave a review, like it, do it again, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, like it, leave another comment, and we would be... Greatly appreciative if you did that. Today starts the fall signing period. Nick Roush, what are you doing to celebrate? I'm going to sign my name, my my John Hancock, on some documents. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't think of a better way to celebrate signing day. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i going and just hugging every fax machine I see out in public. Because you only get the fax machine, really, to be, to, to be in the news on signing day ceremony. That's it. That is about it. That's it. So, so it's a real shame. That's how I'm me. celebrating. Let's start with just some quick hitters here. Tyrese Maxey, by the time you're listening to this, he has already signed with Kentucky. He signed at 11 a.m. Eastern time today at his high school, so he's officially a cat. No backing out now, Tyrese. Dante Allen will sign on Friday, and we broke it on KSR yesterday, on Tuesday. Khalil Whitney's plan is to not sign this week. Now, would I be shocked if that plan changed? I would not. I would not be shocked if that plan changed. But that's what his mom says is right now what they're what they're planning on doing. Him not signing until the spring. And don't panic. Don't worry about it. That dude's still going to be a cat. UK loves him. He loves UK. He's going to be a really, really nice player. If he was ever having second thoughts or any doubts, he wouldn't have committed to Kentucky so soon. Uh, as soon as Kentucky was in the picture, it it changed things in his recruitment. He didn't hesitate to hop on that offer. We're going to talk about some rumors. We're going to talk about some scuttlebutt. You remember on this very podcast, Hardly Committed, Nick, when we had Kristen Peak from Rivals come on and tell us about the Jaden McDaniels-Khalil Whitney fight. Mm-hmm. Some people are thinking that Kentucky's hot and heavy with Jaden McDaniels, so Khalil Whitney wants to make sure he doesn't <gasps> pick Kentucky before he inks his name and 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 
are has these, to play with him as future teammates. There's no truth. Are, are to these that. are those Illinois fans? No, there's Kentucky fans that are doing it. Um, Kentucky fans are, in particularly, paranoid. I, f- I feel like that's a pretty consistent theme. Uh, a lot of, I mean, fans in general are pretty paranoid. Yeah, that's just kind of the way fans fans work. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Things will never be the same. So don't worry about that. And then let's talk about some of the other big Kentucky targets here momentarily. And and do because you know if you sign, it's pretty much over. Once you sign, you can get out of it. It's messy. It's a headache. Once you sign, though, for all intents and purposes, boom, you're done. You're off the table. Once you commit in basketball, it's not like football. You're you're pretty much off the table and you're finished. But once you sign, there's no backing out of it without things being uh, a, a little bit. Complicated. So, Keon Brooks, I don't expect him to sign in the next week. The signing period ends a week from today. So, it ends on the 21st. And then if you haven't signed then, then you have to wait till the till the spring. You can commit. You can do whatever. You can do all that stuff. You just can't sign. And if you don't know what signing means or a letter of intent, I should probably walk you back here a little bit. It's a binding agreement between you and the school. To get out of it, the school has to release you from it. It can turn into a headache. But it allows coaches to be able to publicly talk about you once you sign. At that point, you're, you've are you made an agreement with the university so they can address you by name. One thing to remember for Kentucky is they don't talk about their commitments or their signees, I should say, until they are all on board. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know why they don't like, – I, I, I get for football's sake, they do all the signings at once, so they kind of wait till all the letters get in. But in UK sakes, like I think we had to wait like two or three, like a few days oh, last year. Oh, in, in the spring, the, yeah, the spring period goes on a really long time. It's a few weeks, so you'll get somebody maybe that will sign on the first day of the spring, but Kentucky won't talk about them for a few weeks because they they always want to wait till there's no chance they get anybody else to sign. Which I, I do agree. I think it's silly. Just talk about them when they come in, you know, and then make an overall statement after everybody's in. But they like to wait. So we won't probably get any comments from Kentucky until next week. And then when you do get comments, that is kind of their way of saying, all right, we closed up shop. So if we don't hear anything, if we hear something before next week, that'd be a little bit of a surprise, but it could be telling in some instances. So they'll wait till next week to comment on all these guys. And that's really what the, the signing period is. Um, let's go down the list of guys Kentucky's offered. Keon Brooks, I don't think that he, and I'm going in alphabetical order here, I don't think that he's going to sign. It'd be a surprise if he did. That'd be a big surprise. Vernon Carey. If there's this list, just a little spoiler alert, I don't think you're going to see any of these guys sign. But if I had to pick maybe a surprise he could sign, although he doesn't have a date set just right now, I would probably go with Vernon Carey. I could see Vernon Carey in the next couple of days setting a decision date and then signing on that decision date. He is one to watch for sure if I had to pick somebody. Matthew Hurt, he hasn't even taken any of his official visits. He's not signing, no concern there. Isaiah Stewart, he announced today that he is not going to be signing in the early period. He still wants to take an official visit to Duke. He gave some comments to Rivals.com about Kentucky. They were not overly flattering, especially when you take into consideration what he said about Washington and Syracuse and Michigan State. So I don't think he's an option to end up at Kentucky. Things changed on that recruitment. I know Kentucky was trying to get back in, or those were some of the reports. I, I don't think it it, it, uh, it really mattered. They did visit him when they went and saw Keon Brooks, but uh, doesn't look good in that recruitment. I'd love to be wrong there because he's a good player. Doesn't look promising. James Wiseman, he's done with his official visits. Memphis has all the momentum in the world. As of now, no date set for Wiseman. 
I would be a little bit surprised, not overly shocked, but I'd be a little bit surprised if he did sign in the next week. I don't think that happens, but you can never say never. You don't know for sure until um, until the, the week ends. And I do think if he does sign this week, it's going to be Memphis. So if you're a Kentucky fan, maybe cross your fingers, hope he waits a little bit longer. And then also I have to bring up the, the possibility that any of those guys that I just mentioned – they could sign Nick, mm-hmm. keep it hush-hush, and then when they're ready to announce, whether it's in a week, two weeks, whatever it may be, they can announce. Mm. And then, boom, they're part of the class. And that's exactly what happened with Bull Bull last year at Oregon. Signing period came and went. He didn't commit. We were thinking to ourselves, yeah, he's not going to go to Kentucky. All the momentum was at Oregon. We knew it probably wasn't going to be Kentucky. But he, when he didn't sign in the fall, there were some whispers that, all right, maybe Kentucky's going to get more time to – reestablish this relationship. Because if you remember, the mom didn't love what Calipari was saying and all that mess. Maybe there's going to be some time. Five days later, he commits. Turns out he had already sent all his paperwork into Oregon. Mm-hmm. It was over. It I was, was a done deal. I'm incredibly annoyed, too, about the Bleacher Report videos that they're sending out of Bobo. Just like, Are they just the highlights so far? Yeah, and they're just like, can you believe he's 7-4 and can dribble a basketball? It's like, yeah, I've, I've watched it before. And it's just eh, Bleacher Report annoys me. Sorry to get on that soapbox. Small, um, small, small hey, soapbox. Bull Bull doing well for – he's so fun to watch. I think he'd be a great piece for this Kentucky team because I think this Kentucky team just needs some scores and maybe a shot blocker. Bull Bull can do those things. You know who's doing really well out west that we haven't talked about probably ever on this podcast, but the, I haven't mentioned in a long time? The from Nevada, Jordan Brown? Uh, no. I was just going to No, I, I don't know how it's he's doing anyways. Kind of off the top rope. But Kentucky never really looked at Jordan Brown anyways. But they did look at this guy, and this guy wanted to go to Kentucky, and Kentucky said, Ish, don't think so. Moses Brown. Where's, where's Moses Brown play? Oh, the, the UCLA. Center. Yes. Yeah. He's good now? He's doing unbelievable. He, he looks like he could he's be. He's a sophomore this year, correct? He, uh, no, I'm pretty sure he's a freshman. Really? Because I remember that was that was weird how much he just wanted UK to give an offer. And didn't he play like an ultimatum game with them or something? Eh, he kind of said like if they're if they have an offer by this point, I'm gonna I'm gonna be done. Yeah, he's a freshman. Oh, he's wow. averaging 18 points and 14 rebounds a game, 13 and a half rebounds. We're gonna round up because that's what I can do. 18 points, 14 rebounds a game. And the and the thing was with Moses Brown, Kentucky they liked him. They liked some other guys. This is a this is a flaw of Calipari is. I don't with especially with bigs, he just refuses to kind of take some project bigs. Yeah. Nick Richards maybe one. I mean Richards Sasha was Clay the jo- highest ranked center in his class, too. And so. now that I'm saying it out loud, he's he's done it a few times. Sasha Clea Jones, Isaac Humphreys, Ty Winyard. But it seems like there are there are some five stars that he'll stay away from, low end five stars that he'll stay away from because he he doesn't want to fill up the roster. And he wants to keep some spots available for the five-star top ten big guys. Sometimes I would just say, take Moses freaking Brown, get him on board, and then go after your other targets that you want to go after. Moses Brown doing really well. Uh, and, and, the thing, and the reason I wanted Kentucky to recruit Moses Brown last year was because, hey, you can get him as a sophomore. You can get a 7-1, 245-pound dude as a sophomore. That could be good. So think about Kentucky's big situation next year when – Things don't look great for Vernon Carey or James Wiseman if you had a sophomore Moses Brown. It'd be amazing. Now I don't think he's pr- – he looks like he's well on his way to being a one-and-done with these numbers. But. I, I will say, though, TJ, whenever I watch Moses Brown play uh, in the 
like I, because he was a McDonald's All American, and I think I watched him in uh, somewhere somewhere else too. But I remember watching him being like, "Oh, that's why Kentucky didn't recruit him." Like the, the, it was motor issues kind of deal. Now, granted, that's at a McDonald's All American game, and I, he also has just like I think a resting tired face. Um, but his numbers speak for itself. So hey, I, I was wrong. Cal was wrong. Yeah. Me and Cal share so much in common. Yeah, he too. Yeah. Our wives make delicious desserts, but Brooke prefers cookies to brownies. I prefer cookies to brownies. Ooh, so you, have you had, a win for Brooke over Ellen. Have you you have have take brought in some of Brooke's? Don't don't do yet. this shit. No, I'm I'm going to though. I will. I promise I will because she puts cookies inside of cookies. It's like an or instead of chocolate chips, Whoa. they're Oreos. An inception of cookies. Yes, it's amazing. Is the top still spinning? Yes, in your tummy. Wait, so hold hold the phone here. Yeah. Run it down to me what this cookie is. At its heart, it's a chocolate chip cookie, but instead of chocolate chips... Which is the goat cookie, we can all agree on. Yes. Instead of chocolate chips, she crushes up Oreos. So that's... Whoa, so the, there's no chocolate except for the Oreo? Is the cream filling in there? Oh, it's all in there. Any chocolate chips? No chocolate chips, just Oreos. You think she could put some chocolate chips in? I mean, if she wanted to, she can. She's also put uh, like Reese's Pieces in there to make them like monster cookies. Yeah. Oh. She's she knows her way around a, a cookie sheet, I'll tell you. Man, sounds amazing. I'm excited for Christmas. Get getting fattened up. Hannah a great cook. She's not a baker. Oh. That's tough. Is Brooke a good cook? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was saying maybe we just combine them. See, she doesn't like to get she says I'm too extra though. When I when I add spices. Oh, Hannah knows that I love spices. So every she made chili last night. So she's super unbelievable. Spice, oh, but she just is sweet and she's nice. And uh, I, I I don't deserve her. But everything she does, she'll try to make it extra spicy for me. Sometimes she'll like make one chicken spicy for me and then one chicken normal for her. That's she's that's, great. That's she's that's she's, wonderful. she's best. So basically, what you're saying is we need to just have our wives cook for both of us and we can just enjoy their things at the same time. Yeah, but I'm getting these cookies, man. You don't bring you don't bring up the cookies and then not have them for me to. Oh well, to the, we'll we will have them soon because it's it's holiday season. I've already given up on exercise for the. I was like, oh, I'm almost Thanksgiving. Let's just be fat for a little while. So yeah, it's bulking season. Yeah, gains. You don't have to worry about that beach bod for a little while. And it's cuffing season. Like, who do I got to impress? That's well, you're married now. Exactly. So fully. Me cuffed. too. We're, <laughs> we're, for the next, you know, hopefully seventy years or so, we don't have to worry about impressing anybody, but our but our lovely lovely wives. So All right. Is that how long we're going to live? <laughs> I don't want to live another 70 years. <laughs> <laughs> that would put me at 97. Out. Out on that. I mean, they say that the pers- the first person to live 150 years has already been born. Who is it? Trevor? You know, if I, I was a news station, I'd just go up to some kid and be like, congrats on being the first <laughs> person born to live 150 years, just to kind of troll with them and see what they do. You know the kid would like get freaked out. It'd be be like, like, how do you know? It'd be like the one kid who just starts crying. That gif? Gif. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the one that like is laughing and then starts crying. Yeah. 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 That's always a good one. Great gif. That's, Almost that's... as good as the, I like turtles, kid. Mm-hmm. wonder what he's up to. I wonder if he still likes turtles. Probably. I, I, I And I, I think there probably is an update on that kid. I, I do look forward to, like, in the next few years, the continued updates of our childhood videos. Like the Charlie Bit My Finger kid. Yeah. They did one on the uh, I Hate Tennessee guy, and he just, it, he looks just old. It just looks kind of weird, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'm especially the Ali Turtles kid because didn't he, he get a web redemption with on Tosh where he was like in the face paint? Oh yeah, yeah, and he was older. He but he yeah. still was only like fourteen. 
I think he put on a little. Yeah. Oh wait. He he won. He liked tur- turtles so much he wanted to look like one. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch McConnell. Oh man, Ron Lemon. He's he's good on that one. Yeah. yeah. Like turtles so much, turned into turtle dove chocolate. Turtle soup. Ninja turtles. You ever had turtle soup? Yes, once. Just once. They used to have it all the they they would have like the oh turtle soup thing where it was like a big to do. Mm-hmm. Apparently it tastes like chicken, but I was young. I don't even remember. Okay. I I just don't eat turtles. Turtles are nice. You like turtles? They'll snap your fingers off though. <laughs> I used to have a turtle farm as a kid. Did you ever race them? We did. Oh. We did. And uh we raced we would we would I mean I'm a Catholic. We would race and bet and gamble on anything that we could. We'd race gerbils, hamsters. Turtles, not against one another, obviously. We had different classes. Oh, that would be fun. But we had, a turtle per se. we had a bunch of those kiddie pools, and we just had, like, I think at the most, we had, like, 25 or 30 turtles, and we'd feed them goldfish, and it was fun, and it was uh, a lot of, like, I don't know how, yeah. how my mom was okay with all this. You basically lived in a National Geographic documentary. It was after, like, her and my dad got a divorce, so I think they just wanted the kids to just, whatever, cool whatever, whatever we wanted, we were getting. So, damn it, if we wanted a turtle farm in, in the basement, that's what we were, uh, that's what we were going to be treated to. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. All right, let's get back to some basketball signing recruiting day. talk. Yeah, yeah, signing day. That, that's pretty much it on signing day, to be to be frank with you all. Um, that's where I think things stand. If you made me pick somebody that's going to sign that currently doesn't have a date, I'd lean towards Vernon Carey. Uh, but him and James Wiseman are going to be the, the two to watch. And as of right now, no plans for either one to sign. If you hear anything about... James Wiseman signing, probably not going to be good news for for Kentucky. Vernon Carey, it doesn't look positive for UK, but I, I still think there's a there's a potential chance. Let me just get this one out of the way. If Kentucky misses on James Wiseman and Vernon Carey, grad transfer very much in play. I'd expect one, honestly, regardless of what happens. If they don't get Wiseman or Carey, regardless if they get hurt, if they get McDaniels, whoever it may be, I expect them to add a grad transfer. And I'd, I'd expect it to be a good one. Don't have any names for you right now, but I know Kentucky is is looking at that possibility and following dudes as their career, uh, as their junior years continue across the nation. The the other big guy, Matthew Hurt, spring guy, right? Spring guy. Yep, hasn't taken any of the visits yet. Jaden McDaniel is one that I that we're not a hundred percent sure on. That's one that I forgot to mention. Yeah, uh, of course I forget to mention him. He's one that I forgot to mention. He visited this week. I don't know. I don't think he's going to commit this. This fall, uh, I don't think you're going to see him sign in the next week. I don't have confirmation though, and and people close to Kentucky, they don't think he is. But I was also this is like the most this is what I have to deal with. They don't think he is, but they wouldn't be completely shocked if he changed his mind and decided to sign because he's taken four official visits to his four favorites. The only place that's on his list that he hasn't officially visited is UCLA. He may still visit there. I think that's the hiccup. If he visits there then obviously he's going to take his time. If not, there's really nothing else left to consider. I do think Kentucky's in a great spot, though. Supposedly the dad prefers UK. The dad likes John Calipari and UK staff. They like what they can turn his son into. If not UK, I think the dad wants him to stay home is what I've heard. So I like Kentucky's chances as of today. As you all know, things in recruiting change all the time. So check back with me next week on if things can change because – uh, I I, I want to try to get you all to get inside the minds of what Kentucky what, what Kentucky's coaches deal with, what college coaches deal with in recruiting. Kids lie to them. Kids will tell them one thing and they'll lie. Also, as a media member, sometimes when I talk to with people close to Kentucky, they will 
lie about it. They'll, the coaches will lie to the to the media members. Mm-hmm. You see that at Duke all the time, for what it's worth. They'll try to paint a picture to try to spin things to make them. So it, it's tough to try to be able to to pull aside what is BS and what is actual true information. But I do truly believe that Kentucky is the team to beat right now for the for for Jaden McDaniels. Yeah. Ooh. We'll see though. Yeah. And and I don't think that really like helps Kentucky with the trunk court, to be honest. I don't. I, I think that uh it will it gives you some options. Maybe you can play Khalil Whitney at the four. Maybe you just play small and you play really good offensively. I don't know. But that's uh it's a piece you want. You can work around it, you can build around it. All right, let's do a few questions. Oh, let's do some questions. Do you have any pulled up or you want me to get them? Um, I'm just clicked on your Twitter page, and we're getting close. We're getting close. I'll get it. First one, you can catch up. Jacob says, what's your take on Whitney not signing during the signing period? Uh, yeah, I talked about it. I don't. I wouldn't make it a, a huge deal about it. In a perfect world, he would have signed, but uh, that's just that's not the plan. And, you know, this is the common sense take. It makes no sense for these kids to sign early. Like, yeah. I know you maybe just want to get it over with, but – what happens if a coach leaves? What, yeah, it makes you know, this no sense. That's something nobody ever talks right. about. But like, what if a coach dies? Like, you'd obviously be able to get out of your LOI, but but would you? Yeah, I mean, you would. Any school would do that. I I would hope and I would think. But you know, we're having that conversation. Yep. So it makes no sense to to do it early. Maybe hell, Brandon Knight never signed an LOI. He signed financial aid agreements back in two thousand and ten. So what you should do. It makes no sense to do it. Maybe that's his line of thinking. Obviously. It would be better news if he was signing, but it's nothing to panic about. What do schools use to negatively recruit against UK? I like that question, Pat. So, it's a good question. There's a lot. Kentucky deals with more negative recruiting than any other school in the country, and I think anybody that's being honest with you, even if they cover Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, and those would be the schools that I think are in the conversation along with Kentucky, but I think think it's clear that they deal with Kentucky because of the reputation of Calipari. So, there's a few. One... And it's kind of for the different the different tier of player. Let me start back and work my way up. So your top elite four stars and your lower end five stars. Hey, if you're not a one and done, you're going to get buried over. You're going to transfer. Look at this list of dudes that have transferred from Kentucky. They don't wait for people to develop. We develop people. If you want to get if you want to be a one and done, we'll get you to be a one and done. We we know we've got a plan for you. But if something doesn't happen, guess what? You'll be the star your sophomore year. Charles Matthews. But you know what happens if if you don't work out your one year at Kentucky? You're transferring. And then you're wasting a year and you're having to find somewhere else to go. Or you stick around and you never get to play. And there are, there, hell, there's evidence of that. Look at Marcus Lee. Look at all the who transferred. Yep. That's what they use against those type of players. All right, let's do middle of the pack five stars. Like, you know, your 15th through 20th type of guys. 10th through 20th type of guys. It's, it's some of that same pitch, but it's hey, you can be an absolute star for us, and you're going to go there, and you're going to be the third or fourth best option on Kentucky's team? Seriously? That's what you want to do? You want to go there where you can you can get – I know, you you know, hey, listen, you're going to play within our offense, and you're going to you're gonna have to be a team player, but we know how good you are. You're going to be featured here. You may come off the bench at Kentucky. Uh-uh. Why would you want to do that? You, you're going to get one-year college. That's what you want to do with your one year, come off the bench? Is that going to help your draft stock to be hidden? Is that the player you want to be? So that's what's used against players like that. All right, your top your top 10 guys, your elite of elite. Do you really just want to go there and just be lumped in with the other five-star players? Or do you want to come here and make a difference? 
Do you want to come here and be remembered for the next 20 or 30 years, or do you want to be lumped in with Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins? All great players had great careers, but people are going to forget what year, what team you were even on, what year you were even at Kentucky. They're going to forget who your teammates were. Do you want to be forgotten when you can come here and be a legend? So those are kind of the negative pitches that you see. And they can get more detailed. Back in the day, you'd have coaches telling people that Cal Perry was leaving for the NBA. You'd have coaches tell players that that assistant coaches were leaving and the, all the promises they were making you weren't true. They don't deal with that as much anymore, but every so often I'll hear something like that. You'll hear about Kentucky not being a good academic school. You hear that it doesn't matter if it's an elite kid or a four-star. You hear that pitch with kids that care about academics. You hear about Kentucky not being a good a good uh, academic place to go. And, I think it's a great and, academic institution. We went there, and we're... Smartest people you all know. Yeah. I mean, we have a radio Just show. Kidding. We sure do. We have a podcast. Yeah. We blog. Yeah. All right. The uh, What's next? Uh, well, we also wanted percentages on Wiseman or Carey. Let me go first. I'm going okay. to say Wiseman 40, Carey uh, 61. You think there's a 61% chance Carey comes to Kentucky? Oh, yeah. I like it. I'm, you're you're more bullish than I am. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll go Wiseman 40-45. I'm still close. Yeah. I think Memphis is the leader, but I'm still close. And by the way, you know, their family's still going on the tour. They they, they tweeted it. The sister tweeted at me to let me know that Memphis isn't the leader and no decision has been made. Mom, and this is interesting. And Evan Daniels, he's been on the podcast before. He talked to the mom, and the mom gave that story. Listen, no decision's been made. Anybody who's saying that's lying or they're misinformed or they're trying to push my kid in one way or another, all those quotes, whatever exactly they were, Evan Daniels still hasn't changed his pick. He's still mm. staying in Kentucky, and nobody is closer to the family as a media member than Evan Daniels. And this isn't me trying to like piggyback off. Evan. Evan's job speaks for himself. His work speaks for himself. How... how how great he's been for a decade. It speaks for itself. When he changes your pick, when he if he changes his pick to Memphis, then it's over. Yeah. And that's when you know it's over. Until he does, though, hold out some hope. That's why I'm a, that's why I'm at 45%. And Kentucky, they haven't conceded. They're not done. They don't think it's over. They've done a great job in this recruitment. The finish line may be in sight. Or it's like around a corner. You don't know exactly where it is, but you know you're getting close. Yeah, the navigation... You're, yeah. you're following it, and you're like, oh, I don't, am I supposed to turn up there? I'm not quite sure. But Kentucky's not giving up on this dude. And and you know Calipari's track record, so I wouldn't I wouldn't count out Kentucky. So I'd go 45 there. Carey, man, I don't know what the heck happened with him. I can't wait for when the dust kind of settles in this recruitment, and it may not be until he finishes his college career. But, like, Kentucky had – you can ask Evan about it. You can ask a lot of people about it. Kentucky had momentum in this recruitment at one point. And for me, I stopped hearing about the Kentucky momentum after the Duke visit. And I don't even know if Duke's the favorite. Hmm. Duke and Michigan State and Kentucky, give me those three choices. He's going to go to one of those three schools. Otherwise, I'd be shocked. So it's a 33% chance. So I don't know if (laughs) – it wouldn't make sense for him to go to Duke and then negatively recruit against Kentucky where all the good feelings from the Kentucky visit were gone. But that's the way it looks, or that's the way I – that's the way it happened. Now, it's probably just a coincidence. But I find that whole thing, you know, I'm speculating with you all as well. I, I, I don't know. I don't know with Vernon Carey. Um, 
So I'd put his at like 25%. I don't think he ends up at UK mm. as of today, but uh, just need a little bit of momentum there. That's unfortunate. And it is. I, I don't know what I don't know what happened. I really don't, and I can't wait to find out, but it's probably going to be a little while. Well, before we go to the annex, let's wrap it up with Cody's question. He's more related to the basketball team. What on earth happened to our team from mid-August till November? And I do want to talk a little basketball, too, uh, because I didn't get to talk. And this is going to be basketball-related as well. We're not just going to talk recruiting. We're going to talk basketball. I think Kentucky, and, and, and from some folks that I've talked to close to the program, they just did the old Nick Saban. They drank the rat poison. They, they That Bahamas team, that Bahamas trip inflated their heads. They I wasn't told that they stopped working hard. Uh, actually, the opposite. I'm told that they are the hard. You know, you've heard Calipari say it, that they're the hardest workers. I think that a little bit of their competitive edge was lost after after that Bahamas trip. That they thought things would be as easy as it was there, and that's what you saw happen. And then I don't care what people close to Kentucky tell me. They must have taken. There must have been some sort of lapse defensively because they they got worse defensively than what we saw in the Bahamas versus what we've seen in the first two games. And they'll play North Dakota tonight. Mm-hmm. If you're listening on Thursday or Friday. Apologies that we can't do it. Most of the time, Kentucky will play Tuesday games, and we'll be able to talk about those games on Wednesday, which will be ideal. Not ideal when with the Wednesday games. But I think they're going to look a lot better tonight. If uh, they don't, tweet me and tell me I'm an idiot on Thursday or Friday. I think they're going to look a lot better tonight. I think they're going to crush North Dakota, and I think fans are going to feel a little bit better. I love the way they finished that Southern Illinois game after a horrendous first 25 minutes. Final 15 minutes I thought were really good. They've got some momentum. This team is going to be all right. Just be patient with them. And it's tough to do when all offseason, I'm guilty of it, you were told how great this team's going to be. Great, elite, fantastic, Final Four, national title contenders. And then they come out and they kind of stink in their first two games and they stink in their exhibition games. Just be patient with it. The talent's still there. The team's still there. They're just going to – a lot of more growing than I think anybody anticipated. Boom. Any basketball takes from you? Uh yeah, um, it was for those who have li- who are listening later in the week. Man, it was fun to watch Kentucky kick North Dakota's ass. That was that was a, that was a real treat. Cats got up and down the court. Um, I will say I think that the most concerning problems are defensive. I thought this team was gonna be much better defensively. Yeah, because uh, you expect the, especially the guards like uh, Hagens and Quickly. It takes point guards time to to get under control offensively, but defensively, I expected them to be much better. Um. And maybe some of it was drinking their own Kool-Aid. I don't know. But I, th- I think they can get to that. Uh, and luckily, we're in a stretch now where you've got a month against bad teams to figure it out, get a little bit of momentum, uh, feel good about yourself some, and and get back on the right track. Hey, I want to do one more question. Because I, I did a basketball recruiting Q&A on KSR. Go read that. I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll have fun with it. There's one question I just I was burnt. It was the last one I was going to get to. I'd already been typing for over two hours. I want to answer it on the podcast. Okay. But and, and I and I don't have the who who asked the question. If you give me it's a second, fine. I can probably pull it up. But they asked what really happened with Terrence Jones in Kentucky. Ooh. I wasn't cover I, I was a student. Uh I wasn't covering UK recruiting at the time. I was writing about Kentucky basketball. I was writing for the Colonel at the time. And um so I was still writing and, and following it closely. But I've had somebody that's no longer with the UK basketball program tell me what happened. And uh it's a pretty good story. So he he's at that table. And go back and watch that press conference. So awkward. Yes. So awkward. The, the kid, and at the time Terrence Jones was a kid, still is a kid, he was clearly very torn, confused, conflicted, uncomfortable. 
and his boy, who was it, Terrence Ross, he commits right before, or I think he maybe was already committed, and he was there with him. Yeah. And uh, committed to Washington. And so Terrence Jones sitting there. He gets the microphone, and he goes, yeah, I haven't made up my mind. And everybody in the crowd, it's like something from the office. Everybody in the crowd laughs, and they're like, oh, Terrence, you're so funny. And he's and he's like, uh, you literally hear him go, uh, and he's like looking at the hats. Yeah. And everybody in the crowd starts laughing again. And he one more time, he's like, no, really, I don't know where I'm going to go. And people are still laughing. Like, it's so awkward. It's clear He's not joking, guys. It's clear he doesn't know where he wants to go. And then he goes and he picks up the Washington hat. Pretty badass Washington hat, if I remember. I think it was black, had a little husky dog on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, crowd starts going crazy. They start going wild. He clearly is feeding into the motion. And doesn't look all that thrilled afterwards. Doesn't look relieved in the slightest. No. Nope. So what I'm told after that is Calipari wasn't even watching the thing. He thought it was a done deal. Right. Thought it, he was locked up, going to go to Kentucky, no need to watch. He wanted a text message afterwards to say that, like, yeah, it, it's official and everything was going to be fine and dandy. He gets a text message instead saying, kid pick Washington. And, oh, man, I'm told that Calipari, like, I think I was told he was in the car. And he was, like, literally, like, pull over. I got to take care of this or something like that. He's not driving his own car at this point. But whatever the case was, he was so he was so shocked. So he calls Terrence Jones and he says, hey, buddy, what, what happened? And Terrence Jones on the verge of tears, maybe crying, says, I, I don't know. I made I made a mistake. And Cal said, well, do you want to go to Washington? And Terrence Jones said, no, I want to go to Kentucky. And he says, well, Terrence, why'd you pick Washington? And he says, I don't know. I, I, I panicked. I felt pressured. I didn't – everybody there wanted me to go to Washington. And he said, all right. And then Cal went into, like, dad mode. He's like, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be fine. Let's calm down. If you really want to go to Kentucky, we can still make this happen. I think what you need to do is talk it over with your family. Call me back. Supposedly called back almost instantly. He's like, I want to go to Kentucky. So they they made the plan of you're gonna de- you know you're gonna say that you made a mistake. You still need to think about it. And that's when Terrence Jones tweeted out that like I'm thinking about the cats, but got a lot of dog in me. Anybody that follows recruiting will remember that tweet that he had. <laughs> He's like thinking about the cats, but got a lot of dog in me. And then I think it was like a week later he committed to Kentucky. Didn't have a ceremony or anything like that. And, and and that was that. But there was a, a panic from Calipari. He called, and Terrence Jones instantly was like, ah, ah, I made a mistake. I panicked. So that was pretty funny. Good stuff. And uh, Kentucky wins the national title. They go to a Final Four and win the national championship because of it. So all good stuff. Terrence Jones, one of the most underrated and important players in the Calipari era. Why don't we waltz on down to the annex? Let's do it. What say you? All right, we'll be right back. Welcome to the Annex, our podcast within a podcast. It's good to be back. And by the way, we're we're going one deeper after this. By the way, we're going into another podcast. What? Yeah, you, this is I'm 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 springing this on you right now. I'll I'll tell you in a little bit. Okay. All right. Today's episode. Well, we don't have much time. So. Episode. What do you mean we don't have much time? We on a time crunch? 
Yeah. What's the crunch? Somebody's going to be using this to have a radio show shortly. No, not till not till noon. Eleven. Is it eleven? Yeah. Oh, we don't have a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Season two, episode six. Yes. Don't worry. The other podcast within a podcast is going to be ten seconds. Okay. The fight. Quicker than Patino. What do you think of the fight? I like the fight. The fight's one of those episodes that like you don't think of as one of the greatest of the greats, but it's hilarious from start to finish. Yeah. From the because a great office episode has great secondary storylines, and I like that throughout this whole entire time, like Michael's just supposed to be signing documents. I love it too, and I love that like the branch closings are still very much on the minds of all Dunder Mifflin employees across the region. And Jim's like they're working right through lunch in Albany or wherever they're yeah. going. And I think that branch ends up getting shut down, and <laughs> we're we're having a longer lunch to go to a dojo to watch Michael and Dwight fight each other in a hilarious fight scene. Yes. And even before that, one of the better cold opening pranks, too. Yeah. Which, uh, I, I do, oh gosh, it's hilarious. I he, do have to like point can, out, though, it's, it's, I find it hard to believe that Jim would get to the office before Dwight, so that Dwight would arrive with plenty of people in the office there, and then his, his desk is gone. As Jim would say, well, where'd you last see it? Yeah. <laughs> you lost your wallet. I know. How apropos. And I love that Kevin's in the bathroom, blows out a candle, as if that's going to make a difference after Kevin uses the toilet. I mean, I feel like, actually, it would make a difference. That's when you get the you think when Ke- You think when Kevin is going to the bathroom. Depends if he had some of his famous chili. <laughs> that one little candle blow, being blown out is going to make a difference. I, I, I digress. I don't think it will. And I love when Dwight's like, oh, Kevin, wash your hands. <laughs> the fact that Jim even hooked up his phone line. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. That, that is an underrated prank that people, hey, on the Q&A, our boy uh, Bobby Regan asked me what prank I'd do to you. You didn't even read the Q&A, so you got to go check that oh, out. Oh, crap. Yeah. Did you pull it on me today, and I just don't know about it? You don't know about it. <gasps> yeah. Just why, that's why you lost your wallet. No. Uh, and also, it, It's in the vending machine. It's in the vending machine, <laughs> along with everything else. I wish we had a vending machine here. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. All right, so uh, Dwight gets a nice punch in on Michael. It, he, it was... Two punches. Michael specifically said, I'll punch, and Dwight delivered two. Michael says it was a cheap shot. <laughs> it was a sucker punch. <laughs> he asked for it and was preparing for it. And then and then he starts to cry and has to go to his office. And I like how the entire office, I mean, at this point they're just trolling with him, but I like how the entire office just uh, kind of plays into it. Yeah. Pam's like, hey, do you think you can ask Dwight to walk me to my car? <laughs> well, and the whole time, too, like, he's not – of course, Dwight is assistant to the to the senpai, or assistant to the wait. He's senpai, and there's the wait. Is that right? Yeah, you have sensei Ira. Sensei Ira. Yeah, and he's, and he's senpai. senpai. Yeah, and I love the scene of just the kids kicking the pad. <laughs> Dwight, so great. I mean, it's just vintage office. Uh, you have people going around. You have uh, you have Ryan. Ryan gets unfortunately has to give Michael his phone number, and a huge mistake. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, but he goes around has to, having My to ask people, <laughs> having to ask who people's emergency contacts are. <laughs> Kevin's is, is Kevin Stacy. Yeah, R.I.P. Stacy. I don't think she ever dies, but she does break up with Kevin, which is a huge. I think they move. were still together at the time, though, because his yeah, daughter, they were at the t- yeah. Her daughter comes in later. Yeah, 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 of course, because he's the emergency contact. He's like, uh, and then he goes to Toby. So, do you want to change it from your ex-wife? Yeah, 
Nah. Yeah. Just, just keep. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. And then Dwight, after the fight, changes it from Michael is his contact to hospital. <laughs> Dwight's emergency contact is the hospital, oh, which is uh, fantastic. And then they have that fight. It's an ugly scene, the fight at the dojo. And he, he tries to spit in his mouth. He tries to spit in his mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Michael feels bad about it, promotes him to assistant regional manager, not assistant to the regional manager, uh, it's it's only in title. It's hilarious. He's like, he's like, oh, I should send out a memo. He's like, no, no, no. Three month waiting period. He's like, <laughs> oh, so this is gonna be my office? No, no, we need to keep this hush. <laughs> <laughs> um, an- another part that we miss from the dojo, besides the Michael, yeah, from the streets, we only have one rule: no shots to the groin. I think that's his one rule. <laughs> I think so too. Uh, but the awkward Jim Pam scene. Where, yeah, we need to talk about that. Where Jim does the he does the classic. Jim like, definitely grabs her boob. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not with his hand, but certainly with like a forearm hand little. Because like it's one thing to do the playful smack in the face. He just went, went too far. He pulls got, up her shirt. Yeah. But the thing is, Pam isn't really making too big of a fuss about uh, it until who is it? Meredith that's staring right at him. I think Phyllis. Phyllis, Meredith, Angela. It's yeah. one one of the girls and, staring right at him. And then she gets the judgy looks and is like, oh. Oh. Yeah. And then she's like, put, put, and then Pam overreacts a little bit. Like, I get being like, all right, put me down. My shirt's up. But then to like do the old cold shoulder to Jim, Jim feels bad, buys her a bag of chips. Mm-hmm. But he definitely got a little, little, He's going little for feel. Boob, little yeah. boobage. Got a little feel. Which, by the way, if I, uh, when Hannah and I were engaged, I would not want one of her coworkers to do that to her. No. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel bad for Roy throughout this entire thing. Poor Roy. Nah, I, my wife gets so mad when we when we rip Pam. It's not. I'm not doing it. More uh, hanging fruit. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing it to, to. You know. I'm just trying to be fair here. I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think that's appropriate Gotta behavior. Call a spade a spade between coworkers. All right. Does anything in this episode get anybody fired? Maybe a little boobage. That could. You think you think nah he no, probably wouldn't get, Jim yeah. probably wouldn't get fired. But disciplinary. Uh, you know what he, though? He, like he could maybe get a looking like a like a, 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 a I forget the word that Jim had uh uh for Dwight's demerits. It's like a slurgence or something or uh, regardless or desagulation. There we go. Desagulation. Yeah, I think he could get a desagulation for that. Here's the thing. Given the re- if you do that to a random coworker, yeah, you're fired. Yeah. And maybe you're getting charges pressed against you. Given their relationship, I don't think he'd get fired for that. I do think he'd get in trouble. Desagulation. A yeah. desagulation of, uh, of sorts. Would would the boss get fired for trying to spit in a coworker's <laughs> mouth? That's such a gross thing to do. Yeah, I think uh, I don't. I I don't know why he went to that level, but I do love that. Like he just hit him once and then just just kept pounding him. Yeah. <laughs> and like. If that was real life too, like that karate guy, I'd be like, really? This is what it's come to. Like, Man, one of the does, and I don't think I don't think uh, Jim would get fired for putting all the Dwight stuff in the bathroom. One of the rare episodes, maybe nobody gets fired. Yeah, I mean, doing karate to your boss. I mean, he did ask for it though. So yeah, yeah. All right. Um, that was fun though. Do that that was fun. It's nice to kind of be back. Mm-hmm. It's uh, next. We have the client. Do you, oh, do you, that's a great one. Do you recall the, the client? The, the great Tim Meadows. Yeah. You opened your heart out. You bled your blood. You slit your wrists <laughs> out there. 
That was pretty good. That was pretty good. All right, we'll get to that next week. Now we're going to go a podcast within a podcast (gasps) within a podcast. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Kentucky Thrones Radio. (laughs) Nick, we're back. (laughs) Kentucky Thrones Radio. You have to play that. Hopefully you will. Okay. Um, We're going to do an episode here shortly. That's all we wanted to tell you. We have some huge Game of Thrones news that came out. It's going to be back in April. We're going to map out when we're going to do Kentucky Thrones Radio because we're going to do the season preview again, mm-hmm. as we did for the start of the last season. Yeah, I need to get back to watching. Yeah, we will. And yeah. that that's probably not going to be till 2019 till we get that back. But we just want you to know, don't forget about us because yeah. we're coming back. We have a ton of news on the new season, the final season coming out. Starting have, in April. So starting in April. So a way to celebrate a national championship. Yeah, exactly. Roll it right into that after we beat Duke by 34. I cannot wait for it. And we also have some news on the next chapter of Game of Thrones, The Long Night, which is going to be coming out later, much later. But we we have a lot to talk about. So we want you to know that coming 2019, Kentucky Thrones Radio will be back. We're going to preview every season of Game of Thrones up until the new one, and then we're going to do every episode of the new one after. That's the oh, that's the, that's how we we got our bread and butter doing that. So we're excited about it. If you want to sponsor Kentucky Thrones Radio, super, super popular podcast, yes. you let us know. You better get in while the getting's good. Actually, after the, the Georgia game, I was out partying with uh, s- some people downtown, oh, and somebody to came brag, up to you me, party. and they were like, Man, I just, you know, get people like, yeah, big fan of the podcast, big fan of the podcast. Somebody's like, can you just bring Kentucky Thrones Radio back? I just, I miss it. Give it's, me some KTR. It's coming back 2019, baby. You're only about a month and a half away. Woo. Just wanted to let people know. Thank you for listening to Hardly Committed, the Annex, and this little tidbit from Kentucky Thrones Radio. We will, Kentucky Thrones Radio will see you in 2019. The Annex and Hardly Committed will see you next Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Should I commit or should I go?